There's a question I've been asked three times in my life. The question I did not look for, did not expect, but it came all the same. And the question bothered me. It um, never forgot it. The question asked to me by people my own age, people older than me, younger than me, was simply this. In the midst of life, someone would look at me in the middle of a conversation and say the words, Ernesto, how do I be a person? I mean, what a question is that? How do I be a person? That reveals in someone a great deal of uh, lostness. Someone who feels uncomfortable in their own skin. Someone who doesn't know why they're here, where they're going, or what they're supposed to do. And for years, I thought, I, I didn't know how to answer it then. And I thought about it for years. Like, what? How do you answer that question? How do I be a person? Years later, I began formulating an answer. I found an answer in the Gospel of Luke. Luke was a, uh, a doctor, a historian, who wrote down the words of Jesus. In Luke's Gospel, in Luke's telling of the story of Jesus, Luke is the only guy who tells us about Jesus' childhood. Like we have Jesus gets born, right, Christmas. Then we have him being baptized by John in the River Jordan. And the rest of his life is an unknown to us. Like this guy, he is born, and he shows up and starts healing people, and we don't know any of his life story. Well, the historian Luke tells us one moment of his childhood. You can find it in Luke 2, you can read it this week. It's, it's a crazy little story. It reveals to us that Jesus knew as a child the mission God had for him. But as that account of his childhood ends, Luke summarizes Jesus' life aged 7 to 30 in one sentence. His whole life is, is, is formulated in one sentence. You find in Luke 2.52, it says this, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and favor with man. And those four pillars reveal how Jesus became a person in the world. How he grew. He grew in four different ways. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with God. And he grew in favor with man. And for the next four weeks were these four pillars of how to grow into a person in the world. We begin today with the, the, the theme of wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom. Now, this should be immediately problematic. How could Jesus, who we claim to be fully God, need to grow in wisdom? Doesn't he already know everything? But as you read the Bible account, like, he was born a baby. He had to learn to walk and to talk. To clothe himself. He had to learn how to eat. Jesus is not just fully God. He is fully a person. Which means he had to learn how to talk. He had to learn the vocabulary of the ideas he created. That, 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 that tension is crazy. But Jesus had to learn how to be wise. He had to grow in knowledge through his life. 
So before we talk about how to grow in wisdom, we should define what wisdom is, shouldn't we? What is wisdom? I want to, Jesus grew in wisdom. I want to be like him. I want to grow in wisdom. But what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Can we turn that phone off if possible? That would be really helpful. Uh, so Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs 1. We go to Proverbs because Proverbs is a great book about wisdom. And to know how to begin when it comes to wisdom is a great way to start. Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You find this thing many times in the Bible. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You find it at least three times in Proverbs and sprinkled throughout the rest of the Bible. Whatever wisdom is, wisdom begins with humility before God. Wisdom begins with humility before God. That's a very odd definition. Because most of us think it's wisdom as mere horsepower. If someone has great capacity or a big vocabulary or is good at school, we think that dude is wicked smart. That person is smart, knowledgeable, wise. But mere horsepower does not equal wisdom. I, um, being a preacher guy, and being a, 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 a reader, I like to read. And I also, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in the Christian world. I grew up outside of the church, met Jesus when I was like later in life. And when I met him, I was worried, is it all true? Like People talk about Jesus and faith and the cross. And before I became a believer, I went out and found books against Jesus. I wanted to see the greatest hits of those who do not believe in Jesus. Like what did they say? How did they try to knock holes in his claims? There were these four writers. They called themselves the four horsemen. And these four atheists wrote books, and they, they claimed to be able to tear down the claims of Jesus. They had books titled The God Delusion, or God is Not Great. And these books, these guys brought their A-game. They came to fight, and they came to tear down Jesus and tear down his church. So I read their books. And I found something really fascinating in their books. They were very proud men. Not just proud, they were arrogant men. And their arrogance blinded them to the foolishness of their own arguments. Like they were so... How do you say it? What's the word when you treat someone like they're dirt? Um, condescending? I'm better than you? Like, I'm awesome, you're dirt? They talk like that the whole time. I watch them debate, and they are jerks. And I watch, they're so angry at the church, and so angry at God. Their anger colors their arguments, and they can't even be reasonable. That lack of humility removes wisdom from their arguments. In God's economy, in order to be wise, you must be able to be taught. In order to be wise, you have to be willing to hear others. If you're the answer to every question, in God's eyes, you're not wise. If you're, unable to, if you're unwilling or unable to learn from anybody else, you cannot grow beyond a certain point. You are your own worst enemy. 
In God's economy, wisdom must begin with humility before God. And this is how that looks. We must be willing as people to go before God and bow the knee and bow our head and, and, and basically confess, I need to be taught. I need to learn. I don't know how to do this. There's a story of King Solomon. His father died. King Solomon grew up in a palace. He grew up with the best tutors, best education money he had to buy. His dad dies. He becomes king. And he goes and sits on his father's throne and he prays this prayer. He says, I am a child in my father's house. I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out. His parent God is like, I'm the king, and I don't know how to do this. And that kind of humility is the beginning of wisdom. Standing before God saying, God, I need your help. This is how the Christian life begins for anybody. If you think, I'm strong, I'm independent, I'm able, I need nothing from nobody, then you are never able to accept the amazing grace from the hand of God. The first step towards Christ is a step of humility. Lord, I need to be saved. Lord, I cannot, but you can. Lord, I am not, but you are. Jesus, I don't know the way, but you do, and so I kneel before you. The first step is one of humility, and in order to grow in wisdom, you must keep that humility with you as you go. Listen, a lot of people get to a certain age, they just stop learning. We think, I believe what I believe, I do what I do, and I'm not growing anymore. I'm 42 years old, I've been, I've been in full-time ministry since I was, when did we get married, babe? Almost 20 years ago. And listen, that's not a bad thing. I don't, I don't like, listen, it's, it's, I, I, we got married 20 years ago. I don't know. Um, it, the new year stresses me out. That's what happened, I swear. Um, but uh, full-time ministry for 20 years, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to read the Bible. I'm still learning how to preach. I've been doing this for so long, and I'm, I still, before the Lord, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. When we started Flint City Church, I remember, I remember kneeling for the Lord and, and praying the prayer of Solomon, Lord, I am a small person. I do not know how to do this. Wisdom begins with that reality of hands open, I don't know, I need your help. Wisdom begins with humility before God. If you are stubborn, if you are proud, if you are unwilling to receive counsel from anyone, cannot increase in wisdom. So here's some, here's some tests. Here's some tests to know if you are humble before the Lord. Question number one. This is just don't answer this out loud, just think to yourself. <laughs> Examinations question number one is this. Do I confess my sins before the Lord ever? Ever. Ever kneel down before the Lord and say, Lord, I have sinned and I, I feel shame before you. The confession of sins reveals I know he's king and I'm not and I'm willing to kneel down and say I'm sorry. 
And learning to say sorry to the Lord helps us say sorry to others in life. Because you can't say sorry, you battle with humility. The other day, my wife, yesterday, my wife and I were driving. She's smiling, she knows what I'm going to say. We're driving to Waterford to my mom's house for a really late Christmas. And we're driving, and I'm, I'm driving, and I realize that the Lord brings to my mind an episode years ago. We're driving to her family's house Thanksgiving. And when we drive, she's a navigator, which is a thankless job in our family. Um, she's on the phone, telling me, turn here, do this. And it's a weird Novi thing. There's a new, it's all new construction. And we are missing our turn. Like we're driving on this weird exit ramp, and on the exit ramp, there's another exit ramp. Like it's exit, exit, real quick. It's weird. And we're going, she's like, that's our exit. And I'm so annoyed. And so much like, I will not miss my turn. I, I mean, I, I check the mirrors quick. I'm, I'm a NASCAR driver. <laughs> I do a quick, and I, I hit the brake, and I, dude, I just, and I just cross three lanes. This, we're going to Thanksgiving. There's food in the car. There's stuff everywhere. Because when you take a car and turn it that hard, the G-force, uh, what is it, inertia? Inertia says an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So I'm turning everything else is still going straight. Like it, dude, stuff flew all over the car. The kids are like, whoa. Like it's, it was, dude, I burn rubber. The, the turn is so steep. I've tried to hold, like, don't lose it. I felt like I was, I was Maverick and Top Gun. Like, ah! Like, uh. And we make the turn. And everyone's horrified. And it's like, what are you doing? And, I, I, and I'm such a butt of a man. I say, I said something along the lines of, don't miss the turns. I blamed Angie for my driving. And I let it simmer. We went to the meal. Never mentioned it again. Years passed. I'm in the car yesterday. And the Lord's like, Ernesto, you was wrong. <laughs> and I'm driving, and I hear the Lord. And I'm like, that was like four years. And the Lord's like, I was, I, he's just like, you were wrong. I, I, I literally was sitting in my car thinking to myself, I'm a, I'm, look how good I'm doing. I've, I've not been mean to anybody in a few days. I'm, I'm feeling really good about myself. And the Lord just speaks and says, remember this. And I turn the radio down. I'm like, hey, everybody. They're like, what? And I'm like, remember this thing? And I'm like, yeah, I remember. I'm like, I'm sorry I did this. Listen, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to bring up a thing I had done and apologize for it. But that morning, I've been praying to the Lord, asking to reveal in me any unclean thing. And when he reveals the thing, I can either ignore it or deal with it. And to, to say sorry to my family required a lowering of self. Do you confess your sins before the Lord? Do you apologize to others when you're wrong? Do you lower yourself, go to people and say, I'm sorry I said these words to you? If you can't apologize, you may have a humility problem. If you can't confess sins to God, you may have a humility problem. Another test for you, real simple. Do you lay your decisions before the Lord? 
If you're going to make an investment, buy a vehicle, move a house, date someone, do you say, Lord, I have this big decision before me. What do you think? Do you pause in your life and say, God, what do you think? That shows that, Lord, I am living, but I know I, I want you to, to order my steps so I bring my decision before you and I ask for your counsel. I come to you humbly asking for your help. Do you ever do that about anything? Because if you don't, where's your humility? If you do, have you ever not done the thing you wanted because God said no? You might ask the Lord, Lord, should I? And he might go, nah, man. And you're like, give me a sign, Lord, anything. Like, I mean, if he speaks, if he speaks, do you ever not do the thing you want for him? Is he your king? Wisdom begins with humility before God. If you want to grow in wisdom, you have to, you begin with knowing God is God and I am not. Two. And this is an encouraging thing about wisdom. Wisdom can be found. Listen to what it says in verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market she raises her voice. At the head of the nosy street she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate she speaks. Wisdom's calling for people. In this, like wisdom in, this, in its poetry. Wisdom's a person seeking out people. Wisdom wants to be known. Wisdom can increase in a life. Remember, wisdom is not horsepower. You might say to yourself, well, pastor, I'm not a good reader. That's not what I'm talking about. You might say, I didn't go to college. Does it matter? You might say, you know, I have ADHD. Doesn't matter. Horsepower is not the question. Wherever you're starting... You can grow in wisdom. Wisdom can be found. I know I know a man who's a leader of his village in India. People of the village come to him for counsel, for insight, for help. He stands in the gap with the people of his village. He is a leader. He's a good and godly man. That man was born with a birth defect. It makes him very slow to speak. He walks very slow. He never learned to read, ever. He can't, he can't read his own language of his own tribe. He has been asked to be the, the pastor of his church because everyone trusts him so much. He can't read the Bible, so what does he do? So someone comes to him every month, sit down with him for hours, they read one Bible story, and they talk about it, and pray over it, and memorize it. They leave, preach that one story for a whole month, and they come back, give him another one. Horsepower is not the question. Wherever you start, whatever your limitations are, you can grow in wisdom. Wisdom wants to be found. Whether you're 12 or stinking 120. You can grow in wisdom. The moment we stop growing in wisdom, what are we even doing? Wisdom can be found. It should be sought. 
can be found. Wisdom wants to be found. The question is, very simple for you to think about your, your own life. Am I seeking wisdom anywhere or any way? How are you personally seeking wisdom? Do you have a mentor? Do you read books to learn things? What are you doing in your life to grow in wisdom? If you do nothing, guess what? It's not gonna grow. It's not gonna grow. I saw this commercial a couple years ago. It was from like Finland or some you know, Dutch country. But in the commercial, this old man, he goes to his garage. Some of you have seen this. And this old man has a kettlebell. He has a weight with a little, a little purse weight. And this old, old scrawny arm dude, man, he begins trying to like lift it and put it up and down. Oh, and he's, he's struggling. And you watch him, he starts like, trying to squat with it. He squats and starts trying to lift it over his head. You watch this old man go out to his, his, his garage every day trying to get strung with his kettlebell. You go, what is the commercial about? End of the commercial. It's Christmas, and his family comes over. And his granddaughter runs up. And he gets her, he goes to the tree, and puts her up to put the star on the tree. I was bawling watching this commercial. <laughs> this old man trained all year. So he picked up his daughter, his granddaughter, and put her out. With that star on the tree. He trained to get there. How are you training in wisdom? Are you doing anything at all to grow in wisdom? So wisdom begins with humility before God. Wisdom can increase. This is good news for us. I don't have to stay this way. And many of us, we not only do things the hard way, we become PhD carriers in the hard way. So I do things the hard way. It goes bad. So what do I do? I do it again. The exact same thing. A lot of us don't grow older. We live the same year over and over and over again. Never learning anything. Wisdom can increase. It can be found. Here's the last one I say about wisdom. Wisdom reveals itself in action. Wisdom is not, you can be wise and still lose on jeopardy. Wisdom is not merely trivial knowledge. There are some brilliant people who are unbelievably unwise. When I was a young man growing up, I wanted to find someone to be a, a role model. I grew up without a father. To quote a famous director, like many boys without a father, I collected father figures. I was looking for men who were godly and good. I, want, I just needed to know, what does a good man look like? Because I have no idea. And one day I meet a guy named Bob Sims, Angie's father. I showed up at their doorstep in the middle of the night one night, met the family, it was glorious. I began hanging around this family. I watched the way he treated his wife and his children, the way he loved them sacrificially, the way he, the way he cared for them, the way he lived his life. And I'm like, this, this is what wisdom. This, this is a wise man. This guy doesn't. He doesn't talk a lot. He's a very quiet man. But his life 
just screamed out wisdom. So I asked him. My time there came to an end, and I asked him, I said, listen, my buddy who lives near you is moving away. I have no reason to come back up here to the thumb. Can I come here on Sundays and just pray with you after church? He's like, sure. Uh, every, after church for a whole year, church would end, I'd drive an hour and a half north of the thumb, meet with this old man, we'd have lunch, and we'd just pray together out by this big rock in the backyard. Then I married his daughter. But, uh, <laughs> wisdom, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> no, my point is this, though. The wisdom revealed itself, not in clever words, it revealed itself in his life. If I, if I have financial trouble, you know who I call? I call my buddies who are good with money. Your life reveals you know about this thing. If I don't know about health, I call someone who's healthy. Wisdom is revealed in a life. Jesus once said, at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said these words. He said, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Jesus says, if you hear these words of mine and do them, you will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rains fall and the winds blow and the floods come, that house will not fall because it has been built upon the rock. But if you hear these words of mine and do not live by them, you will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains fall and the wind blow and the floods come, that house will fall and great will be the fall of it. The wise and foolish man, the storm comes for both lives. The only difference is one person actually listens to Jesus. They both hear him. But the wise person obeys. The wise person goes, oh man, I'm not going to do that. So wisdom begins with humility. You have to be humble to be wise. Just because you're good at taking tests, just because you're clever, does not make you wise. There are brilliant fools in the world, brilliant, whose lives are a disaster. Wisdom can increase. We can, the Christ grew in wisdom. If Christ can grow in wisdom, so can we. And wisdom's revealed in what we do. Not in how smart your words are, not in your degrees, not in where you live, not in the car you drive. Wisdom is revealed in the wise choices you make in your life. Now, I don't want to just leave you here. I want to help us grow in wisdom. So we as a people are beginning today two initiatives to grow in wisdom. You don't got to do these things. If you have your own things you're doing, do your things. But if you want help, we'd love to walk with you. First, for the next four months, we as a church are going to commit to read the book of Proverbs. One proverb a day. On the back of the monthly, out at both entrances, exits, if you turn the monthly over, you'll see the reading plan. And it's very easy. Today's what? January 8th? On January 8th, you read the 8th chapter of Proverbs. On January 15th, guess what chapter you read? 15th. The 15th. It's a really easy plan. Over the next four months, though, what we're going to do is we're going to read Proverbs like four times together. 
And Proverbs are, is a book all about living wisely in the world. You're exposing yourself to good information. Now, the good information doesn't automatically make you wise. It's a good first step, though, ain't it? I got some good, you know, some good information on how to, what, what, what's good to do or not do. So that's one way you can jump. If you want to help jump in with us, we are going to read Proverbs for the next four months together. If you already have, you already have a reading plan, it's all, do your thing. But if you want to join us, we would love to join you. We have a uh, Bible app called Dwell, which is on the screen coming up. And there's a QR code. See that this thing? If you point your camera at the QR code, we will give you this app for free. Every morning I walk my dog. Every morning. I don't care if it's 12 or seeking 102 degrees. I'm going out walking my dog. I put my headphones in and listen to the Bible right out loud through this Dwell app. We provide that free for you because we want you in the Word, in your life. God cannot just be a Sunday reality for you. So our first initiative, we're reading Proverbs. We'd love you to join us. Initiative number two. This was, this, was, this, was, this was a hard one. We're beginning today and to the end of the year, the Flint City Book Club. Woo! <laughs> I know, pretty anticlimactic, isn't it? Here's the reality, though. They say, they, you, you, this, is, this is an old stat. This is like back in like 2004 stat. But the stat used to be, that like, I think it was like 68% of men never read a book out of high school. They graduate, they're like, Big Gatsby, peace, and they're out. I, I mean, I, I mean, just shoot. I mean, TV or a book? TV, you know, that's what happens. We're going to read together 12 books that have been chosen because of their breadth and their depth. We've chosen books that are not like, they're books any of us can read and hang with. Our first book for January is a book called The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. I bought this this week on Amazon. It cost me five bucks, which is not bad. If you've got a Kindle, you can buy it on Kindle. If you have your, whatever, ever, whatever reading app on your phone you used, do that. If you want to buy it like to read physically, you can do that. If you can't afford to buy a copy, we'll get you one. We'll help you out. And every single Tuesday at 12 o'clock, at lunchtime, we will have a little book club Facebook meeting. You want to, during lunch, jump on, or watch it later on? We're going to read these books together, and we're going to try to grow our minds in wisdom. Every month, we're reading a book together to just grow our hearts and grow our minds as we attempt to put good things in here, because for a lot of us, we've got a lot of bad things up here. For a lot of us, our ingredients are old and moldy. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to make lasagna, and all we got is American cheese. That's not a good, that's not a bad day for everybody. That's an Italian cooking joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> and every month, we're going to put out on Facebook our entire reading list for the whole year. We're going to read a different book every year. And you, don't, you, can, you can jump in for one month, jump out. But all we want to do is help encourage you to take steps toward the truth. To discipline your mind. Because for many of us, 
things of God are backburnered. They're not important. They're not forefront. And we want to help you in your life take a step towards a good thing. Again, no, there's no grades. There's no punishments. But if you in your life are feeling static, if you've not challenged your mind the last few years of your life, we want to help you challenge your mind and your will as you walk with God. So first, Proverbs. Next, The Life You've Always Wanted. It's a book about the spiritual disciplines. It's going to be something. It's a great book. And this Tuesday, we'll start. Again, if you miss the noon live, you can just jump in and watch it later on in the week. It's all good. But if you do jump in and ask questions, we talk about it, it'll be cool. I commit to be there every Tuesday at 12 on Facebook for the Flint City Book Club. So that's what we're doing. Now again, you don't have to do any of this stuff, but it's there for you. Now, we have three more weeks of this idea of how to be a person. Next week is the hardest one for me by far. Today was how to grow in wisdom. Next week, how to grow in stature. How to grow in our health. Because that matters too. That's next week. So we're going to end with a word of prayer. On your way out, if you want to grab the monthlies on the back of the, is our Bible reading plan, or you can get the Dwell app, put the Dwell app back up there for us if you'd be so kind. You can, you can go up to the, the TVs and take your, your camera and get the Dwell app, and you get a free copy. It costs you nothing to have the audio Bible read to you. And there's like 14 voices. I got this voice from Nigeria right now, and this dude can read the Bible, yo. So I mean, so whatever you want to do. Um, it could be a dude, a lady, Ireland, Nigeria, whatever you want to do, it's awesome, okay? We want you to be in the Word in some way. So with that said, let us pray together. God in heaven, wisdom calls from the street, stands at the gate. And for many of us, Lord, we have been, we have lived our life very unwisely. We have played the part of the fool and we've come to like it. But foolishness hurts our lives. Our foolishness, it breaks relationships, it loses us jobs, it takes our money, it robs us of peace, we can't sleep. Playing the fool gets old, Lord. We want as a people, as a church, to grow in wisdom towards you. So as we read your book of Proverbs, as we open these books over the next 12 months, grow our minds. Draw us to you, Father. This is our hope and our prayer. We long to increase in wisdom just like you did, Jesus. In Christ's name we ask all these things. Amen.